Hi, welcome to the Bucko Fever Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Franson. Um, thanks for thanks for giving me a, a listen today. I appreciate that. Um, so we're getting closer and closer to um, the Major League Draft. Uh, we're about a month away. Um, I talked about it in, on an episode a while ago. Um, I think we're getting as we're getting closer. Um, there's the names that get mentioned for the Pirates there at number one um, tend to be pretty consistent. Um, so I want to talk about those. Um, you know, earlier in the season, I mean, we were talking a, a couple guys who aren't even on the radar really anymore. Um, so we'll take a look um, at those guys and, um, you know, talk about maybe the Pirates you know, strategy in, in the later rounds, you know, what, uh, you know, if, if there's a benefit for them drafting one position over another, um, you know, where's their real uh, areas of need. Uh, but before we do that, before we get into all that, uh, let's have a message from uh, my sponsor, Anchor. So it's um, it's coming down, you know. We have to uh, you know a month um, until the MLB draft uh, when the Pirates you know get that first overall pick. Um, and so far, I think that uh, everybody's pretty. Uh, the consensus is that there's three guys really that the Pirates are probably going to go with. Uh, that would be, I'm sorry, four guys actually. Um, Marcelo Meyer, shortstop, the high, uh, high school kid out of California. Uh, Jordan Lawler, shortstop out of Texas, high school kid again. Uh, Jack Leiter, of course, the son of Al Leiter. Uh, he's the best college pitcher um, in, the, in the draft. Um, so... He's definitely in the mix. And then Henry Davis, uh, the catcher out of Louisville. So um, if I were picking, if I were, you know, the general manager, um, I'd be really, this is, this is a really tough pick. And and I think what really makes it tough is that there's nobody that is like the two years away superstar. There's no Bryce Harper. There's no Steven Strasburg. But... There's, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> There's a bunch of guys that are, could be considered for this first pick. Um, this, they're not that different as far as their skill set. But, I, I mean, I think right now it's going to be between Mayor, Lawler, and Leiter. I don't. I don't think the Pirates are going to go with Davis. I, I really don't. I, I think that the other guys are, um, in my opinion, better or uh, you know have a higher ceiling. They have more polished tools than maybe Davis. Um, Davis is a good player. He's a good hitter. Um, you can't really, you can't argue that. I mean, he's. He's done really well uh, for 
uh, Louisville. Uh, he's got a great arm. Uh, you know, he's got pop. He's got uh, makes good contact. Um, has good at bats. Uh, he's not. Um, he's not the best like pitch framer or uh, game caller per se, but that could come. So that's why Davis is in the mix. I mean, he, uh, he the, the the knock on him is the pitch framing. We could have robo umps <laughs> in a couple years, so that would make it. You know that that tool doesn't even matter at that point. Um, but again, like I said, I don't think they'll go with Davis. Uh, I really don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked, and I wouldn't really be upset. Per se, <laughs> if they did, I, I think he's gonna. He could be a, a solid, um, you know, major league player. It's just if you're drafting a catcher that high, my I'm always of the opinion that he needs to stick at catcher. And I don't know if if Davis 100% sticks at catcher uh, in, in the big leagues just because of the the defense. So he could, you know, move to third base or corner outfield, um, you know, to really get that, you know, capitalize on that offense. But I'm not spending the first overall pick on that if it's me. Next, Jack Leiter. Jack Leiter has, uh, has he, he's been unbelievably good this year. He's also had some bouts where he wasn't, he didn't have his best stuff. And it wasn't just one game. It was, um, you know, several games in a row where he really started to struggle. Yeah, he's come back around. Uh, but, I mean, he tops out at 97. Uh, he's got a, you know, a really good uh, fastball. Uh, has some movement on it, which is always good. Um he also has a, a curveball that, you know, it's a, it's a slow upper 70s curveball that, you know, he can use and, and use well. Uh, he also has a slider um, that he uses. So, I mean, he's got a, a decent mix of pitches at this point. Uh, oh, and a change. He had a change at one, uh, one point, um, but they use more. But, you know, he, he does have a change up, so... The pitches are there. Uh, would I be upset if they picked him number one overall? And no, I, I wouldn't. People are really uh, worked up, I guess, about uh, about lighter. Um, I think most fans would say get lighter. Uh, they need the Pirates need an ace. Um, sure, aces. <laughs> having an ace is 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 great. Uh, I mean, it's uh, all you know. A lot of the the good bigger clubs have aces. Um, is it a necessity? And and I've always been of the opinion that the ace, you know, that number one shutdown starter, um, is a luxury. And not necessarily a necessity. 
you could find pitching elsewhere. So, like, the Pirates right now, if you're, if you look at their, their big league club, what are they lacking? Pitching? Not really. Uh, they don't have anybody in their rotation that's, like, really an ace. They have some guys that have pitched very well this year. Um, They have guys throughout the system that very well, if you look at the lower levels, Carmen Majinski, Michael Burroughs, Quinn Priester, Tanaj Thomas, um, those type of guys could develop into those top of the line, uh, top of the rotation starters, a.k.a. your aces. We don't know yet. But they could also just develop into, like I always think, you, know, you think of like the, the the spots in the rotation, your first number one starter, two, three, four, five. Your number one is going to be your ace in theory. But if you don't have an ace, what if you have like three or four other guys that would be like a number two starter for like a team like, let's say, the Yankees or the Dodgers who have, you know, Kershaw, Bueller, both arguably aces. Uh, you know, what if you had just a whole rotation that's full of, two, you know, a, a number two starter on it for a team like that or, or you know, a number, th- you know, a number three at the worst? Uh, you don't necessarily need an ace. Yeah, it's great to have. But is Jack Leiter going to be that ace? Is he this can't-miss guy? Is he Steven Strasburg? I don't know that he is. Um, I, I think he has potential. I think, um, you know, he is 21 so and coming out of college, so you could see him quicker than the next couple guys I'm going to talk about. Um, but, you know, you always need pitching. I'm not saying you don't. It's always great to have pitching depth uh, because you never know when somebody's going to go down with uh, Tommy John. Um, You never know when a pitcher is just going to totally lose it. So, um, that's another risk. And, And for me, like, that's one of the things that I think about when you're looking at a pitcher, number one overall. It's, you know, you're thinking this guy is going to you know, rocket through the, the minors. Um, he'll be the ace of the Pirates when they start to contend in 2024. Um, I don't know that, you know, I don't know. I, I, I can't bank on that. Um, I always think, well, could. Or he could come in and immediately hurt him, hurt his arm and go down for Tommy John. You know, and then be out for a year or two. Um, I know hitters can get hurt as well, but Tommy John just seems uh, to be a really big, uh, a really big risk. So I, I think that if there weren't other players on this board um, that weren't kind of like on that same level as Leiter. Um, Leiter is probably the consensus number one overall pick. 
However, you know, the, there are a couple other guys who were there. Um, and a lot of, you know, the Pirates, you know, like I said, are they struggling with pitching? No, they're, they're okay. You can never have too much pitching, but they're okay. They're going to... They're gonna. They need to address the offense, and there's no other than Henry Davis. There's no real college player that fits into that mold that you think. Okay, they're two years away. They're gonna be up here in 2023, 2024. Um, there's no real Nick Gonzalez. Um, so, um, what do you? You know, so what? What is here? What's what's going to be available for the Pirates? They're going to be long term prospects, like guys that we aren't going to see till twenty twenty five, and that's okay. Um, and that would be the two shortstops, uh, Jordan Lawler, and Marcelo Mayer. And I know a lot of people that have been you know, coming after you know anybody that suggests these two because the Pirates don't need shortstops; they need an ace. I am, I am of the mindset that you take the best player available, no matter what position that is. Um, I always think back to the, the Pirates years ago in the Dave Linofield era and the rumor that Dave Linofield did not want uh, Ryan Howard back in a trade with the Phillies. Um, I can't remember who it was for. Benson, maybe? Chris Benson, maybe? Uh, Kip Wells, maybe? It was one of those pitchers didn't want Ryan Howard back because they already had a power-hitting first baseman um, at the, a similar level in Brad Eldred. And you look at a move like that, and I don't think, I don't think Ben Charrington's he's so far away from that uh, that school of thought I don't think he's going to worry about that. And if you think back to it, you know, Ryan Howard had clearly had the, clearly had the better career uh, than Brad Eldred. Uh, with shortstops, and the Pirates do have plenty of men, middle infielders. Uh, you know, a lot of them are hitting that point where we're going to start seeing them um, in the big leagues, probably in, maybe this year or the next couple or next year. Uh, guys like uh, O'Neill Cruz who will probably be moved out, but that'll, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, uh, Leo Verpiguero, Nick Gonzalez, uh, Michael Scotto, Dario Lopez. Uh, there's plenty, <laughs> plenty. Uh, Rodolfo Castro, guys like that in that middle infield, Jawan Bay in the middle infield. Now, if you think back to, I would say, if you think back to Little League, more often than not, on the Little League team, the overall most athletic kid uh, probably played shortstop because shortstop um, shortstop is where they normally play the, the best players. Now, as they, they get older, they start playing other places because, you know, you have other players that are um, – you know that were on those other little league teams that are now coming to you know, play on the same team, uh, so you have to move some of those guys around. But generally, the shortstop is your your best athlete. 
And the benefit of having shortstops is that you can move them. Like, you can move them to other positions pretty easily. First baseman, if they are a first baseman, where are you going to move them? Maybe third, maybe the outfield. But you think about, you know, Brad Eldred's a good example. Brad Eldred, they tried in the outfield. It was terrible. But you can move, you know, shortstops around, uh, you know, pretty well. Especially if you decide early. And, I mean, you look at a lot of the, the players, you know, Adam Frazier that came in as a shortstop. So they you know, moved him over. Uh, guys like, you know, Kevin Newman and Colt Tucker, if they want to, you know, continue to play in the big leagues, they're probably going to move out of shortstop and be more of a utility guy. Uh, Eric Gonzalez, he moves around. But he's essentially a shortstop. So the fact that these guys play a position that the Pirates already have a, a good foundation of, of depth, um, it shouldn't matter with, you know, to the Pirates when, they, when it comes time to draft. Because these two kids, and honestly, I think you could flip a coin here with their um, – with either one of them and, you know – they're, they're really close to being the same player. I think the big differences are uh, Lawler has a little bit more speed. Um, so that's nice. He like kind of profiles as somebody that could definitely just play shortstop and be one of the better, the better shortstops uh, overall. So you're not – maybe not move him. And the same with Mayer. Like Mayer grades very well. Um, not as fast. Um, but otherwise, they are the ident- an identical. Um, the one big difference with Mayer is that he is left-handed. It's a little bit taller, uh, but they're essentially the same size. Mayer's listed as 6'3", 180 pounds. Lawler's listed as 6'2", 183 pounds. Um, like I said, the big difference there is Mayer's a lefty, Lawler's a righty. You know, flip a coin. What do I think the Pirates will do? I really, I really think that they'll go with. Um, I think they're going to go with one of these two, and I think it could be Mayer, uh, Lawler. I like. I, I'd probably pick Lawler, honestly, just because he has all those tools and they are um, advanced. But. I could also flip a coin and be fine and then flip another coin between them and lighter and be fine. Like, I think those three guys are who the pirates are going to pull from. I really don't see them drafting Davis. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they did. Um, but uh, other guys that could be talked about and I wouldn't, I'd be surprised. I don't know if I'd be absolutely just floored uh, that they took them. And the first one is Kumar Rocker. Uh, Rocker has kind of fallen down the chart. Rocker was the guy, you know, last year that everybody said would be the hands-down number one overall pick. Uh, we've uh, seen some holes in Rocker's game this year. He's a very good pitcher. Uh, but a lot of people think that with his pitch mix and a lot of it not uh, – doesn't have a whole lot of variety to it, he could very well find himself in uh, the bullpen. 
you know, looking at, you know, the, the shutdown back of the bullpen guy or closer or whatever, do you really want to spend the number one overall pick on that? I don't think you do. Again, he could be fantastic as a starter, but he needs a little bit, uh, he needs a little bit of work, uh, you know, developing um, pitches. So uh, another one's Brady House, high school shortstop uh, out of Georgia. Uh, Jackson Job or Joby, I'm not sure how you say his last name. Um, uh, the only high school pitcher in the top 10 list here. Um, he's out of Oklahoma. He has been just rising on everybody's uh, list. So I wouldn't be shocked. I believe I saw a mock draft that had him going in the top three. Khalil Watson, a shortstop uh, out of Wake Forest. He's uh, he's not the uh, he's good. Wake Forest High School, I should say. Um, he's very good, and he keeps rising up the list. He's a little smaller than Lawler or uh, Mayer or even House, um, and the tools. The tools are all like all rayed out, similar to those guys, um, but not quite as high. Um, with the, um, you know, with, with with some of the metrics, so, but still, very good, and he is a lefty. I think any of those eight guys, I, you can make an argument for the number one overall pick, but I really do. I think it'll be. Uh, the top, the three guys at the top, Mayor, Lawler, Leiter, maybe Davis. I don't think the Pirates will draft any of the other ones. The nice thing with the Pirates is this: because they have the first overall pick, it also means that they have uh, some picks uh, earlier in the other rounds. Uh, so their next pick is down at 37. So with that... One of the things with the first overall pick that the Pirates will also be taking into account is money. Um, they're not going to cheap out. Like there's, they're not going to draft some t- Tony Sanchez or um, a Daniel Moskis or a Cole Tucker. Even they're not going to cheap out. They're not. Um, they're they're going to be fine and hit with whoever they get there at the top. However. The price might differ for Lawler, Mayer, as opposed to like a Jack Leiter. So if you end up drafting the one that you can sign a little cheaper, then you have money to spend later on in the draft. Uh, And that is always helpful. So if you look, um, I'm using MLB Pipeline's list. I've seen Keith Law's list as well. And... um, if I'm looking down towards the the Pirates at 37, um, there's a handful of guys, and you know that that should fall uh, here. The the one that I'm really hoping for is of course Will Bednar, um, David Bednar's brother. I got to I saw him pitch uh, from Mississippi State against uh, Vandy and uh, Jack Leiter, and he pitched better than Leiter that day. Uh, I'm not saying he's better than Leiter in the long run um, or overall, but Bednar's had a pretty good year. 
so I would be I would be thrilled if they were able to get uh, Bednar because the nice thing about him he's 21 college pitcher he should advance a little quicker than some of these guys that they drafted in like 2019 or 2020 who are high school arms he should probably be on that same um, with the 19 guys on that same level uh, you know Bednar hopes was, would be polished enough to maybe make it up to the big leagues in 2023 or you know four uh, but maybe 2023 just those, the college arms are, you never know um, how quickly they're going to advance. Uh, but uh, Ben Nars, uh, a guy to watch at, at this pick. Um, I would love to, I'd be interested to see, I don't know if I'd love it. I'd be interested to see if Jaden Hill um, continue to fall. Um, you know, he's one that a lot of people in, in the, you know, last year, the beginning of this uh, season had him as a top five pick, top ten pick. Uh, he slipped. Uh, you know, he could fall to the Pirates. Um, there's a lot of high school kids in there. Uh, Gage Jump, left-hander out of California. Uh, Chase Burns, uh, right-hander out of Tennessee. There's a third baseman, Isaac Pacheco. Uh, he looks very good. High school kid. Um, he, he could slip. Um, you know, and or be in that in that range. Uh, so um, there's college arms other than Bednar that could be there. There's there's just a lot, uh, and this is a deep draft from what I've what I understand for high school arms. And so you know, the Pirates go college or you know high school position player in the. In the, with the first overall pick, they could easily, you know, pick up another young, uh, another young arm, um, or young, uh, at any position <laughs> at that place. One outfielder, um, and this is a good example. A lot of these high school kids will have uh, commitments to other schools, which kind of affect their rating because if if uh, if a guy is committed to like a top school like Vanderbilt. Or, um, yeah, Vanderbilt or, you know, Tennessee, something like that. Um, it might be hard to pull them away. But money does a lot of things. And money will talk them out of it. So that's where the Pirates could throw some. Max Muncy, a shortstop with, like, from California, high school kid. Um, he's another one. If they don't grab one of those shortstops, number one, and go with lighter, he could, um, he could be around. Uh, for the Pirates, so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see who they end up with there. Lonnie White um, is a good example of a kid. He's committed uh, to Penn State, not only for baseball but for football. And Lonnie White, young outfielder, a lot of speed, uh, speed and defense. Um, he's got some pop. He could be a guy that somebody would say, "Hey," because it de- I think that one just depends on how bad he wants to play football. I think you could he, he commit, you could buy him out of the Penn State baseball uh, commitment, but the football one's going to be real tough. So that's what the Pirates will be up against there, um, and then you know mix in other college guys 
uh, Matt McCluskey, uh, pitcher out of left-hander out of Fordham, um, Tommy Mace, right-hander out of Florida. Uh, there's a whole bunch of guys that will f- be in that mix, and they're all going to be uh, quality, quality players when the Pirates get to that second, uh, the second pick that they have in the draft. So one other thing to look at with the Pirates is not only do they have, you know, the first and the 37th um, overall pick, they also pick, again, it's uh, the 64th overall pick for the competitive balance round uh, B. And then, again, at pick number 72 and 102. So that puts them with four picks within the first 100 picks of the draft and one just on the outside. Um, That means that, in theory, uh, the Pirates, if you were to look at, like, the top, uh, the MLB pipeline or even, like, Baseball America's top, uh, top so many prospects, like top 100, the Pirates can end up with four of these guys. Um, that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so if we're looking at like what could be around for them even later, at pit, pick 64, um, there's a bunch of high school kids here. And call it, there's a bunch of everything here. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so you have got a guy like uh, catcher Carter Jensen, who for the MLB pipeline falls right at 64. Um, He has a commitment to Louisiana state or LSU. So who knows if you're able to buy him there. Um, A little bit above him. You have um, uh, Davis Diaz out of California. He's a shortstop and a catcher. Eric Hammond, a right-handed pitcher, high school kid out of Texas. And then you have a bunch of college kids. Peyton Wilson out of Alabama. Um, Ryan Bliss, shortstop out of Auburn. Um, so really, any of those guys and more, because other guys will fall. You could get a guy like that, like I mentioned earlier, Lonnie White, um, who nobody goes after in that second round that might be able to be bought here with the third or in the, yeah, in the, in this round. Um, if you look farther down and you see the pirates at 72, 72nd overall prospect on MLB pipelines list is, uh, Jose Torres, a shortstop out of North Carolina state. Other guys that could fall in there, Christian uh, McLeod, left-handed pitcher of Mississippi State. Uh, Joe Rock, left-handed pitcher of the uh, Ohio. Uh, uh, Luca Tresh, catcher out of North Carolina State. Ranked a little higher than that, but he could fall. Andrew Abbott, left-handed pitcher out of Virginia. Or the Pirates could choose to go after somebody... Um, a little uh, 
ranked a little lower that they think they can uh, they can buy. Um, one guy who I like a lot is Michael Morales. He's a right-handed pitcher out of uh, uh, Enola, Pennsylvania. So in my neck of the woods. Um, he has a commitment to Vanderbilt. Uh, he's, a, he's a big kid. He has three pitches that he throws for strikes consistently. Uh, I wouldn't... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he would be uh, drafted by the Pirates, you know, with that um, with that 72nd overall pick. Somebody like that. Maybe not necessarily him, but there are others like him um, through, throughout this whole, um, this whole thing. So, you know, if they don't get the guy you like in the first round or you want in the first round... Um, there could be reasons, and the pirates, the pirates don't cheap out on the, on, typically don't cheap out on the draft. And I'm going to backtrack that a little bit. Um, what they've done in the past is maybe they go a little cheap on the first round pick, and this was one of Neil Huntington's like big strategies was go a little light on the first round pick, reach a little bit so you, you save some money, and then spend later. Throw more money at Josh Bell to get him not to go to college. Throw more money at Brian Hayes to get him to not go to college. There's plenty of uh, high school arms um, that you know they paid to not go to college. One of them, uh, and... and is from Ben Sherrington, and Ben Sherrington seems to be of the same mind. You know, last year, um, he went out and he got uh, Jared Jones. Um, pulled him away from a Texas uh, commitment, uh, gave him a $2.2 million signing bonus. That's way more than a second-round pick would typically get. But that's what you see. You see these guys slip a little bit that could be first-round picks into that second round, and then the money starts um, money starts raining down on them uh, because, uh, you know, you can talk them out of going uh, to wherever they committed. But, yeah, I mean, he has, um, he has a lot of opportunity here. You know, throughout the, um, you know, throughout the draft to pick up talent, and then if you look at the look at the Pirates' like top prospect list, what then what you should see then is most likely two, probably two of those guys immediately slide into the Pirates' top ten prospect list. Another two probably appear on the top 30 list. And then maybe another one or two, maybe another one or two, slide in um, elsewhere. Um, on like a, maybe another top 30 guy, maybe you know some top 50 guys. Uh, with the number one overall pick, that really should give them somebody on 
uh, MLB's top 100. Which all of this is, which all of this is good. Um, there's still prospects and things can happen. Injuries, just for whatever reason, they don't uh, develop and produce. It happens. The key for the Pirates is to have depth. So even if if they drafted all shortstops, <laughs> this entire draft. They would st- that that would just uh, deepen, you know, the prospect pool. Um, and the one thing too to remember with all the shortstops, because I mean, I'm looking at their. If you look at their one top 100 or top 30 prospects right now, everybody always says they're so deep in middle infield, and yeah, they are. But most of their their prospects are, you know infield and right-handed pitching. Um, you know, one other thing that, you know, depth can produce is as you go down the road and you have a specific need, that's what you trade from. You trade from that depth. Um, Neil Huntington wasn't great at that. Ben Sherrington hasn't had a chance to make trades um, from the depth to add um, quality uh, quality to the big league roster. Hopefully, 2023, 2024, 2025 in there, the Pirates are contending. um, And uh, they might need a a starter. They might need a bullpen arm. They can pull from, you know, that depth um, for... Um, the the missing pieces that they need. So we'll see what happens. Uh, the the draft is still uh, you know month away. Uh, I think that you know some things could change. I mean anybody could get hurt at any time and you know, hurt their their draft status. Um, but I, I I talked about I did the, talked about the draft like a, a couple months ago and just kind of a an overall look at like what the pirates could be looking at um and even from then till now uh, it's changed you have marcelo Mayer, who very well could be the pick and he wasn't even thought of um when i when i talked about the draft before um i think we're getting into that point now where we can really see um you know how we're getting closer to where you can definitely say these are these are the guys these are the three or four guys that the pirates are going to draft um Again, like I said, anything can happen. Lighter could get hurt. Mayor could get hurt. Lawler could get hurt. Any of those guys could get hurt and affect their their, their draft status. But um, I really do. I think it's, it's going to be Mayor, Lawler, Lighter, or maybe Davis. But I really do think it's going to be one of those top three guys. And I am going to be totally fine with whoever they get. I am really um, anxious um, and excited to see like what they get later because of those early picks. And another thing to think about, let's look at the 2022 draft. The way the Pirates are going now, they have a top five pick. Right now, I think it's second. I think they might have the second or third overall pick. Um, they could just continue to plummet and end up with the number one overall pick next year 
and then those additional picks, you know, later on that are, that are higher. I mean, they're they're in good shape this year to pull in a good chunk of talent in this draft, and then next year do the same thing again. Uh, you know, the one thing with success is you don't get um, the, the top prospects. That's why, like, you know, you think about the Nationals. When they were bad, they got Strasburg and Harper. Um, you know, the Astros, the Blue Jays. Like, you know, you have guys, that, you know, teams that struggle. The Cubs, um, they struggle for a little bit, but then they, they capitalize. Um, the Pirates don't have the money as some of those teams. So when they do get um, to where they are contending, they're probably not going to break the bank on free agents. Um, you know, when some of their own players get to the point where they're close to free agency, uh, Pirates will know that they won't be able to sign them to extension, much like Josh Bell. Um, they knew that Scott Boris was not going to uh, be in their in their ballpark and, you know, where they wanted uh, the contract to be. So, you know, they trade them, and that's going to happen. O'Neill Cruz could come up, you know, if he continues to hit like he is now could come up by the end of the year. I don't think he will. I think it'll be next year, but still. Comes up next year, plays very well, um, you know, gets some pushed out to the outfield or first base or somewhere because of uh, Leo Verpiguero pushing him. Then when you're getting to 2024, 2025, and he's looking at, you know, a year or two away from free agency, Pirates are, are going to flip them, and then what they need are people to fill in. You know, people to move into um, those positions, and the more depth you have, you know, obviously the better quality of, of guys you have coming up. Right now, the Pirates have no depth in the top levels of the minor, or in AAA anyway. Um, AA guys, they have some good guys that aren't quite ready yet, but they'll be moving to AAA soon enough. Um, these early picks in this draft are going to go along, hopefully. <laughs> Uh, go a long way to providing that top-of-the-line depth um, that the Pirates, uh, a, a t- any team in the Pirates position, the Tampa Bay, um, you know, Kansas City, like teams like that, uh, where that's how they're going to thrive and prosper. I mean, you, baseball is a, is a, their financial structure is flawed. Um, the small market teams you know, can't compete with what the Dodgers and the Red Sox do because the Dodgers and the Red Sox and the Yankees, they not only, you know, develop from within very well, uh, they also they also spend money. Um, and you can blame Bob Nutting. You can blame, you know, like I said, the financial structure of baseball in general. Um, it's not a great system for a team like the Pirates. Um, but, you know... You get there, the Pirates will sign some guys down the road. But the key here is having the high, the top quality talent. Getting these early picks in the draft is going to go a long way to uh, creating that that depth. Um, they'll get some guys through trades, uh, you know. But these early picks in the draft are are a really good way to get that influx. Of of top uh, top quality uh, talent uh, in the minor league system. So that's the episode for today. 
<laughs> I appreciate you um, listen to me ramble on about the draft. Uh, you know, a lot can happen, uh, but I, I really do think that we're the pirate that we're coming down to just being between a, a hand, a, a small handful of players, three or four. Or so, um, you know, feel free, you know, check me out on social media uh, at Bucko Fever Pod on Twitter. Um, I do. Uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter, so if you want to talk to me, let me know. Um, the uh, Bucko Fever Podcast blog at buckofeverpodcast.com. Um, it's still a work in progress, but there's stuff coming. Um, and Facebook, Bucko Fever Podcast. Um, but, um, again, you know, I, you know, thanks for listening. I appreciate that. You know, I'm excited to see the draft, um, the draft happen here uh, next month. And we'll probably look at it a little more as we get closer. But uh, as always, you know, thanks for listening and have a good one.